0: Is it a bird? Is it a plane? No, it's the benefits and wellness superhero podcast. This podcast is designed to help professionals develop the skills needed to get complete leadership buy-in on group benefits and shine a light on what's changing in the wellness space. Listen to tips and strategies that'll help you become a superhero in the eyes of employees and management. Welcome to another episode of the Benefits and Wellness Superhero Podcast. I'm Roger Thorpe, podcast host and president of Thorpe Benefits. In this episode, we're going to consider the role of wellness officers or wellness directors that work on site within an organization and how some companies are making a difference to the mental health and physical wellness needs of employees, of course, during this uh, ongoing pandemic. My guest this time is Dylan Brennan, Manager, Health Promotion at Magna International. Uh, You've probably heard of Magna. It's a a mobility technology company and one of the world's largest automotive suppliers with 347 manufacturing operations and 94 product development, engineering, and sales centers in 27 countries. So Dylan, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me, Roger. I really appreciate it. Didn't know that the title of the podcast was superheroes. I don't know if I class into uh, being a superhero, but well, glad to be here.
0: <laughs> it's something that we want all the people in our in our community to aspire to be. Uh, you know, on the on the work they do, or the or with our help in the future. So um, let's see what we can do. Um, yeah. I, I've enjoyed our past conversations. I think we've learned a lot from one another, and I'm glad we're able to share this now with a broader audience. So maybe a good place to start would be, let's just see if you can briefly explain what your role is as manager health promotion. Uh, What does that entail? Sure, so I I lead a
1: team of about five health promotion coordinators. Um, And basically what what they do is they travel from plant to plant here in Canada. We have about 50 different sites in Ontario. And uh, Mm -hmm. so we subdivide that out and then they travel each month to our different divisions and plants running our health promotion program. So me specifically, I just help lead them. I develop our team strategic planning and I work with them very closely. We, we have a really tight knit team developing what we're going to do, how we're going to do it, focusing on resource building, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then I focus my time on helping to develop those bigger projects like health challenges or Um, coaching, that kind of thing, and and just help guide the
0: team through it. Okay. So just a very simple job. No big deal, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Sounds good. Sounds like a good challenge. So if you were to describe kind of the overall approach, uh, or the method that Magna uses with wellness, how would you describe that to someone?
1: Yeah, we're um, a very hands-on approach. I actually, when I was preparing for this podcast, I I thought, uh, I came across that we've been together as a wellness team here at Magna for 10 years. Next year will be our 10th Mm -hmm. year as a program. So we've really developed, we started with education and uh, now we're very hands-on is what I'd say is our approach. We are in person every month. We hit every uh, work shift. So day, afternoon, night, doesn't matter. We're going to be there on the lunch. We're available for one-on-one coaching. We answer questions nonstop. We do screening, Mm -hmm. biometric screening. We tailor our advice based on that. So we get the objective Mm -hmm. readings with some of our subjective conversations. So it's very hands-on. And I think that's what really sets us apart from other wellness programs.
0: Yeah, I would think it does. Um, and, And I guess in that way, You've decided that that is the right way to do wellness hands-on on-site, and do you believe that that or other things are kind of the keys to getting kind of the, the true business case return on that investment, and ultimately getting some behavior change?
1: Yeah, well, especially for our workforce. Like, if you think about the automotive industry, um, we have a lot of plant workers, so they're on the line. They're they're quite literally making the parts that we that we uh, pump out. So they're not necessarily behind a computer. They're not with their phone all day. Uh, We have Mm -hmm. to really change our approach to, to reaching out to these people. And the best way to do that is quite literally showing your face, being on site and offering these types of screenings. They may not have time to go to the doctor. You know, we could say, Hey, go Mm -hmm. to the doctor all you want, but if they're not going to get the time, then we have to help make the time. And that's why we show up on their lunch, they have a half hour, they can eat their lunch, they could still come see us. And what we've seen from that is benefits right across the board. Like from the company's perspective, we've we've reduced absenteeism. Uh, we've saved costs left, right, and center with with just even just reducing our absenteeism, keeping people in the workf- workforce, um, reducing the amount of short-term leave, uh, long-term leaves. And then just providing education and availability to resources, I think, is, is another really key piece that benefits the employees directly. If they can't find answers to questions, they come to us and we provide it within pretty much within 24 hours where bam, you got your answer.
0: I think that that is your story of Magna is uh, quite famous in terms of its ability to show uh, a a true business case and a return on those levels that you described. Uh, Many companies, you know, don't have those metrics that they can track accurately enough to see that uh, come back. And for many, it's just the right thing to do. And then they see it, uh, through culture change and vibe. Right. right. Um, so I, I, guess, are you still, I guess, always kind of honing that approach because as times change, as new things come along, is it, is it something that's always evolving?
1: Well, I think the pandemic
0: itself really threw us a curveball. I mean, it threw everyone a curveball.
1: But we, because we were in an in-person, hands-on approach, we basically, at the start of the pandemic, all of our health promotion team got pulled and shifted into uh, COVID response. And honestly, since March 2020, we haven't done much else other than really passive programming for our wellness side of things, just because we've been so preoccupied with our global pandemic response, right? It's a, it's a big company. We're in so many different countries Mm -hmm. um, and, and that has definitely wreaked havoc for our team. So I think one of the things that we're honing is going back to the basics. Passive programming is probably the most basic part of wellness that you can do is education. And since it became so second nature to us now, focusing in on that and trying to refine it to be, the best that it can be for our employees is definitely a work in progress that we're working on actively right now.
0: Yeah. I mean, but I guess the one part of that answer is, um, you know, don't get away from what has worked in the past, right? Uh, It would be easy to uh, get shaken up and off on the tangents uh, and distracted, but teaching people and giving them that baseline education is something they will take and move through right. In terms of for having sure. that sort of healthcare literacy level. Um, and I would imagine just to see if you could speak to the, you know, aside from the business case, you, you see people and their health and right. You see stories and experience in that, that must be really fulfilling for you to see that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Pre-pandemic for sure. Uh, yeah. It, pre-pandemic I say, because we haven't really necessarily had the same type of exposure to our employees as, as when we we're in the plants, physically working with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I personally, I'll, I'll speak to a few uh, people that I helped a lot. I, I saw people who uh, reduced their blood pressure from high to borderline high, which I know doesn't sound like much, but that's, that's a huge mm-hmm. improvement. I felt people lose <laughs> over 50 pounds just because I was involved with them and I cared and mm-hmm. that, that when you, when you see those types of results uh, as a person, just as a person, Mm. it's so enlightening. It's, it's, it feels good for you. And then that encourages me to keep going and and keep helping that person.
0: I I think that's both sides, right? I mean, you need to feel motivated based on that human factor rather than just looking at, you know, bottom line stats, right? Yeah. So uh, uh, you day to day, you need to feel that. Um, Now the pandemic obviously distracted us, of course, we had to deal with that, and the health and safety that comes with that issue. Um, But if that also shone a light on the mental health concern, right, the stresses that people were uh, dealing with at home, uh, their uncertainties of of life and work, um, how did the mental health part uh, sort of come into the picture with you? And, And maybe it's not something we're quite, we've quite figured out yet. But where do you see the the Magna addressing or dealing with mental health in the future. Yeah, it's a, sh-
1: it's a shame that, and the pan- I mean, it's a shame the pandemic hit in general, but what we yeah. were starting to do in early 2020, late 2019, was we were rolling out a uh, mental health awareness campaign at Magna, uh, which we called Healthy Minds at Magna. Mm-hmm. And part of that was a passive promot- uh, promotion program, uh, educating people on just what, what is mental health, what is mental illness, how that's different. And the whole purpose of that was to try to reduce the stigma in our employees. Um, I think if anyone thinks that there's no stigma around mental health, just probably needs to look inward a little bit to understand that there are there's huge stigma. So we were launching this campaign, and in tandem with that, we were... Um, Training all of our leaders at each of our plants and at our corporate offices in uh, Ontario for mental health first aid training. Right, and that was one of the things that we were really pushing for. And since the pandemic kind of derailed it, it's it's another challenge that we're trying to get it back on track, realign that. And now that the mental health first aid is uh, an option with virtual training, now we're mm. seeing okay, how do we get this back on track? Because we were doing yeah. really well with our launch and it's needed. It's definitely needed.
0: Yeah. That foundational awareness to me is the, is the key, right? Because Mm -hmm. we can have all kinds of tools and, and safety nets, but if people just don't feel right about even reaching out for help, then, you know, what's the point? So, Mm -hmm. um, I think that's a long-term, but very, very appropriate strategy, um, to reduce that And stigma could be different depending on the organization, right? It could be worse in other places. If it's a safe conversation for leaders and managers and employees to have, then we're going to reduce the stigma. And so that's great. Mm -hmm. Um, What about, uh, obviously, Magna is a large company, has a lot of resources, uh, has an obvious business case for for doing wellness. Uh, What do you think or what advice might you give or insights might you share with smaller organizations perhaps on what they could do about wellness?
1: I I think any wellness program starts with education. That's the most basic form of a program is just education first. Maybe that's a poster on a communication board. Maybe it's an email with the poster. Maybe it's handouts that can go to each person's desk um, in, in that context. And then, anything beyond that, you can take that to the next level of maybe challenges um, and launching bigger challenges. So education always starts, then you can take it to the next level, maybe challenges, launch a one month walking challenge, launch a one month mental health challenge where you just maybe write in a gratitude journal every day, one thing that you're thankful for that day, something simple. It doesn't have to be complicated. I think that the best challenges are very simple because it means everyone can join and it mm-hmm. offers everyone something that they can work on for themselves. The, mo- the most advanced I'd say is what we're doing is the one-on-one coaching where you're actually providing a screening, checking the blood pressure, checking their blood sugar levels, checking their mm-hmm. cholesterol, blood cholesterol levels, and then providing coaching that tailors to their specific condition or their specific right. scenario. That's, I think, the most elite but always starts with education and that goes right through whether you're advanced, whether you're middle of the road wellness program, education's everywhere.
0: Yeah. I have to agree. Uh, Starting with that and then following it up with action that people can take from what they've learned into their life. And uh, the trifecta is doing it within a community where people support each other on that uh, and where it's a safe thing and good thing to do. So uh, I think we're on the same page with that. Um, so as we sort of finish up here, what um, as you do a lot of internal work and companies themselves would do things on their own, um, what do you see happening in terms of balancing both internal programs with other outside vendors or tools that are obviously, there's tons of them now available. How do you see those things coming together?
1: Yeah, we, uh, we do utilize outside vendors depending on our initiative. So for example, we are involved in a few bigger fundraisers we've um supported the global 6k for water from world vision um, for the past three years or so from our wellness canada perspective and so we bring in outside vendors to help us with the launch of that um we use outside vendors to help with building challenge challenge platforms on our website and um, depending on the specific location sometimes they get uh, a contact that reaches out and says, Hey, can we offer this at at your plant? And we help basically be the middleman for those types of outside vendors. So we have a a mental health um, meditation works is what they're called. And they basically come in and they help out some of our plants and they just Mm -hmm. offer their services. So we definitely tie them in and we, we like to, because we're not obviously focused on everything all at once and and they have a targeted approach that we like. So yeah, always willing to talk to them and, make that available?
0: Yeah, I guess it's an, it's a never ending and evolving, uh, marketplace of options. Right. So I I think that's where we see our role as, uh, you know, the, the filter and the wisdom to make sure people do choose the right vendors that might fit without, uh, you know, being sold heavily sold on those as the best and only option because we Mm -hmm. know that there's lots of them out there. Um, okay. So, just wrapping things up, well, let's go to more of a predictive uh, uh, conversation. Where do we see this all going in the next few years? Where, you know, How do you think this might uh, evolve into becoming better or, or, or different in terms of corporate wellness?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think it's gonna be, unfortunately, but fortunately, there's gonna be a heavy involvement by the health promotion teams, the wellness teams. Uh, it's yeah. gonna be a balance of trying to be proactive while fighting those immediate fires that are just raging all around us with Mm -hmm. mental health and physical health problems as a result of the pandemic. And I think looking into that lens of predictability, I think over the next two years, we're still going to be battling the guidance of the pandemic. Like I don't think it's going to go anywhere. uh, It's not going to go away very fast. And so trying to help navigate the resources, the constant changing of restrictions, the constant changing globally of everyone saying different opinions, trying to narrow that down for our people and giving them good information that helps them make a more informed decision. Mm -hmm. That's, I think, going to be one of those things that we have to adapt and we have to figure out how to do best, Mm -hmm. (laughs) let alone the wellness. Like the the wellness part definitely needs to adapt, but just Mm -hmm. helping people make informed decision-making about their health while keeping the lens of the pandemic in mind is is definitely going to be the next two years
0: yeah i think you're right i think we're going to have still have lots of uh things pulling us uh in different directions uh holding to the fundamentals of what i think has worked like we said at the beginning is probably key um but i think what you're talking about really is you're you're doing something overall for everyone but you're also giving people that possible the opportunity to step up on their own issues when they need to right Um, so if they can do that and get more faster quicker diagnosis faster help we're seeing that I think on the mental health side because there are a number of digital tools now that assess and diagnose and treat faster Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that's a huge uh, turn and I guess if that keeps evolving both on the mental health and the physical side we could have a a real, uh, real change uh, to that. Just finding the right combination for any company that what they can handle, right? So what you guys do certainly is what you uh, have an appetite for and you've bought into. Other companies will have a, a different level of, of buy-in, right? Uh, into yeah. that. So um, I, if anything, I think the, the the sort of feeling is if you're doing nothing, that's not, a good thing, right? The option is not to do any, to do nothing. It's to do something and see it as a long-term uh, approach. So, okay, for sure, that's and great. Know, well
1: like as, as, as just as a side note to that, Roger, yeah. like I think what's happening as a result of the pandemic is a lot of those mental health problems that were maybe small within a lot of people have now really boomed. Like they've mm-hmm. exacerbated pretty intensely. And so, what I, what I think we're seeing is this side epidemic of mental health problems that are resurfacing um, and and getting bigger. So that's something that needs to be addressed. And I think it will be just because of the nature of, of how fast mental health problems are growing and uh, how, how blatantly obvious it is to so many of us now is we need to help people. So I think that that's a side thought that we, it needs to be addressed very soon.
0: Yeah, no, everyone should have that as an urgent uh, issue to talk about as, there, as a team and to get help for it. Um, so uh, that's been great chat, Dylan. Thank you again. I've enjoyed our chats in this one, especially. How would people find you or follow you in the future in case they want to uh, tap into your wisdom again?
1: Yeah, two, two ways. You can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Dylan yeah. Brennan, and you can also look at our website, magnowellness.ca. Then you can see some of our resources that we've created and some of the, the work of my amazing team. Um, you'll see us all there. So feel free to check us out at magnawellness.ca or me on LinkedIn.
0: Perfect. Perfect. Well, thanks again for taking the time. That was really great. I'm sure our audience appreciates all of that. And uh, best of luck to you and stay safe over the coming months. And uh, I'm sure we'll be continuing our conversations in the future. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it, Roger. Okay, Dylan. Take care.